This is one of those many moments in my Catholic life that I absolutely love and appreciate the gift of my Catholic faith. Because we get to begin this new year not with a hangover, not with New Year's resolutions that will probably break after about two or three months. We get to begin this new year with Mary, the mother of God. And if we can, together by God's grace, understand the grace of Mary's motherhood, both what it meant for her but also what it means for us. This will be a good new year. Mary embodies a basic yet profound gospel principle. And this is what it is. From the earliest moments of her life, Mary offers her whole life to God. In her case, it also included her virginity as an even more total gift of herself to God. And what the gospel tells us, and we see this all throughout the scriptures, is whenever someone opens themselves and offers themselves to God, they are able to receive all the blessings that are in the heart of God for them. This is why that first reading, although very short, is so beautiful, because it reminds us that God's heart wants to bless you and I in new and wonderful ways, abundantly and lavishly, it's like God is looking for that good earth, that good soil that is open and ready to receive them. And Mary was that good soil. She was able to receive the blessing of God which made her life joyfully and divinely fruitful as a mother. And Mary's fruitful, joyful motherhood unfolded in two ways. <clears throat> first, her first source of joy was that God, the eternal Son of God, entered this world through her, that she conceived and bore Christ within her, the joy of being a Christ-bearer, and allowing Christ to grow within her, and an even greater joy to become like the one that she carried within her womb. My dear friends, we must never forget this. One of the greatest joys of life is to become like Jesus. It is to love like Jesus. And one of the gifts of Mary's motherhood, which she wants to obtain for us through her prayers and maternal love, 
as I said last week, is for Christ to be born in us. That like Mary, we become Christ bearers. And that we willingly submit to the painful process of conversion, allowing Christ to grow in us, to become more like Jesus. This is the first gift of Mary's motherhood and the revelation upon our life of the source of divine, joyful, fruitful lives to allow Christ to be born in us and to grow in us. But as the angel revealed to Mary, this child was not to be kept to herself as a joy only for her, that she, that this child was born to be the Savior of the world. And this is the, the second part of her motherhood and the source of her joyful, divine fruitfulness is presenting Jesus to the world, beginning with those humble shepherds and then the Magi. And then we know at the wedding at Cana, she presented them to the wedding couple and the wedding guests. And Scripture doesn't tell us, but it is certain that Mary continued to bring Jesus to everyone that she could and to bring people to Jesus, that they too become disciples, that they become Christ-bearers. This was also a great joy for Mary. And this is what sheds the same light on our life. We too are not to keep Jesus to ourselves. But like Mary, we are to be divinely fruitful by giving Jesus, bringing Jesus to others. This is why we are all called, every single one of us, to be spiritual mothers and fathers. We are not called to live lives of sterility, to live lives of despair, of quiet desperation, lives living only for ourselves and for this world. We are called to live lives that are joyfully fruitful. And this is what Mary's motherhood reminds us about. When God began in the beginning creating the world, he said, be fruitful and multiply. And the Christian version of that is when Jesus says, go, make disciples of all nations. Be fruitful. Multiply. Give Jesus away. And this is why we must always be open and aware of those moments when God gives us our children. Those of you who have children of your own, it begins right there. Those, little, those beautiful little kids are to become your first disciples, the first ones that you bring Jesus to. 
And then the family becomes fruitful beyond itself in this spiritual way. Like Jesus said to Mary at the foot of the cross about John, Behold your son. God says this to us many times in our life about a particular person he puts in our path that he brings into our life. Like he said to Mary, Behold your daughter. Behold your son. I want you to take this person into your heart. I want you to take this person into your prayers. I want you to adopt this person and take them under your wing. And I want you to be their spiritual father and mother. I want you to bring them to Jesus and to bring Jesus to them. And this is how our lives become joyfully fruitful in a divine way that goes way beyond this life into the next. And as I say this, as I think about the meaning of this beautiful feast, there are certain people that I carry with the deepest affection in my heart and my prayers. I'm thinking, for example, of all the single people who have such a deep desire to get married and yet have not been able to fulfill that desire and they're wondering about their life and their future and what that's going to look like. I'm thinking of couples that are married who, for whatever reason, are not able to have children of their own. And as they struggle with wondering what that means for their marriage and what that future is going to look like, I'm thinking of widows and widowers as they make that very difficult adjustment when they must struggle to live lives that can be lonely, fears about the future, concerns about what their future is going to look like as they adjust to life without their spouse. I think of people who have gone through the terrible suffering of divorce, who are trying to give the broken pieces of their life to the Lord, and who are hoping and desiring to make a new beginning. And they too are uncertain about their future. And I'm thinking of people who, either because of the frailty of their years or because of any serious illness or disease or disability, that they experience this burden of being so limited in their freedom of life and mobility. And they deal so often with discouragement and the suffering of their illness and they struggle with discouragement and finding a purpose to live. And I could mention many others. This message can be very helpful. And may Our Lady embrace every one of these people in her maternal love. My dear friends, what God is saying to us today, 
what Mary would love to obtain for us through her motherhood, her spiritual motherhood, by her love and prayers, is that we do exactly what she did. No matter where we are in our life, no matter what our circumstances and situation, we can always, by the grace of God, offer and open our lives to God, to give them to God. This is why even celibacy and virginity and consecrated life can be divinely, joyfully fruitful. As I, as a spiritual father, know so well, my life is full and joyful and fulfilling. Even though I wanted to get married years ago and have children of my own, God has fulfilled that desire way beyond I could imagine. Let us now place, as Mary so often did, the gift of our lives upon this altar. And as we do that, we open them to the blessing of God, the source of divine fruitfulness. And as we do this, this will be a good year. This will be a better year. It may not be an easier year, but it will be a better year. And we can receive the blessing of God and bear fruit for the kingdom and the glory of God. Amen.